0: Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. I was trying to get them shared to the appropriate groups, right? I was panicking. I couldn't find Bass Nation Kayak Series, but then I realized they changed it today to the Bass It's, it's
1: back, boys. Oh, oh Terry, Terry inspired them. They done hit the, hit the name change button. Yeah, man. What's up, everybody? Uh, we're glad you're here on Monday night. It's going to be fun to... To talk about
0: Lake Fork, we got our, our buddy, friend of the program, Garrett Morgan, in here. It was, it was fun watching him smash over the weekend down there. And for me and Ryan, it's tournament week, man. It's finally our turn. Get off the sidelines a little bit. When are you coming down, by the way? I lost you. What happened there? Oh, no. Yeah, it went real quiet all of a sudden. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it was a lot of fun watching what happened on Lake Fork. Uh, I got a little bit of extra ice and snow up here, so I didn't make the trip down. But um, I'm anxious to get to Toledo this week, so get off. When are you heading down to Toledo?
1: Toledo?
0: I'm leaving Wednesday straight after work. It's about a six and a half hour drive, so not too bad. All right, all
1: right. All right. I'm gonna try to leave in the morning, man. I don't know. I was telling y'all in the group chat, uh, the old the old Cummins started making <laughs> making a little whining noise. Just a little one, just a little one. But I get nervous, dude. I don't want to get caught ten hours from home and something go wrong. So you
0: you gone again? It keeps going in and out keeps going in and out uh thanks everybody for watching this appreciate your help sharing this around to people that might want to see it i know i, I put it over in our natural state kayak anglers group and the bass nation group because i know these folks are going to hear garrett's story i know he gave a little bit of it on the uh, at the weigh-in video and then he also got on Bassmaster and gave his write-up that's one thing the bass folks really do they get a, a press release out quick so we, we got to read that before
1: the before the show i saw the press release and they did like a little photo shoot uh yeah.
0: Yeah, you're going in and out, in and out. There you go. I heard you that time. Um, But, yeah, they did a nice little photo shoot of the event, and uh, I think it was Mark, uh, big worm. Mark took care of that for him. So Uh, it looked good. Good time. Yeah, it looked good. What did you think of the event, man, watching it? It was was wild. It was tough conditions, but it seemed like there were still plenty of big fish caught. (sighs) You hear me? Can you hear me ryan can you hear me no oh ryan's got technical difficulties um (laughs) so yeah the the one thing i noticed man at at the event was uh even though there were only three limits caught the average size fish was unbelievable i think kyle long made a post about that uh some giants caught i know larry hill had three over 23 there were a couple 24s caught 24 and a half one big bass so even though it was slim pickings for fish. There were some giants caught. We'll
1: talk to Garrett about that when he gets in here. Um, Mike, check, Ryan, can you hear me? I can hear you. So the hearing is not the problem. Okay. I'm watching this microphone. It's got like LEDs on it. Yeah. It'll go from like all the way up to all the way down. And I don't know if somebody's just messing with me or, or what, but hopefully yeah. it's fixed now. I don't know. Knock on you.
0: wood. I got you. I tried to fill in the the awkward silence there. You got anything you want to add to
1: that? <laughs> uh no i mean that was a pretty impressive tournament it was crazy how how few limits were turned in and and you didn't really see a lot of buck bass in in no. that it was either you caught a 20 or you didn't catch shit it seemed like so
0: yeah and, and shout out to our boy bdh i see him in the comments he had a a difficult day one and then day two a man came in there with 106 Smoked. inches and and uh, climbed that leaderboard quick and got up in there to a nice check so way to go
1: bdh New dad, that was dumb. BDH. I could well. Uh, hey, listen. While we're on that, before we bring Garrett in, congrats to B three Bates Blake Knight because yeah, he clapped up BDH down there, boy. No, uh, whoa, wait a minute now. <laughs> he did. Whoa, he got him whoa. by. You said whoa, whoa, whoa. He got minute, him by a spot. Right. He sure yeah, enough got I him know. by a spot. I know. I, I know. had
0: it backwards. I was looking at that earlier. He got him. He yep. got him by a spot for sure. All Let right, go B three. Man, that sucker was one fish away each day from really being up there. That, yeah. He just couldn't get that, that full yeah. fish. So, I messaged him and told him uh, we were pulling for him. So, good job, Blake.
1: I'm glad that's you sick. lied to him, but but still, good job. Yeah, yeah. Good job doing what you did anyway.
0: <laughs> we had we had dinner with Blake and his wife, and we were down in Dallas last time. We had a good time with him. So, that's my guy. I had to had to give him some words of encouragement. It was cool to see that happen, man. Um, I see your
1: question, Matthew. We're going to get into that once once we bring him on here. We're going we're gonna figure out what all went down.
0: That's one of the fun parts of it, or the one of the cool parts of this tournament story. We're going to get into. Uh, yeah, but l- let's stop messing around. Let's get the champ in here. Before we do that, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, of course, Revo sunglasses. Use code KBN twenty five to get you a twenty five percent off. And I think. On Revo.com, they're running some Valentine's Day stuff anyway, nope. where it's like buy one get one free on some stuff. No kidding. Uh, and then they're doing a Valentine, some other Valentine's Day stuff. So you can probably use your code
1: and get one free. I don't know. Highly go recommend try, try. it. We're going to be doing some Revo content on Toledo Bend while we're down there, so that'll be that'll be fun. Hey, Dugout just left there today. Got some fresh new hats in. Check them out. And in case you didn't see the special, they are doing uh, some Rapala DT promos. So the OG Slims and all of the DT lines. So hop on dugoutfishing.com and pick you some stuff up.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, Western Sun Vodka, drinking choice for KBN. I've got a big, uh, I don't know, I say a fairly big plastic crate full of mini bottles. I'm bringing down to Toledo Bend to Ooh, share love with some folks. So That'll be I, good. That should be fun. Uh, We're going to play a little snippet from a video you just shot down at Dugout, as a matter of fact. Uh, And while that's playing, we'll get Garrett in here and and we'll get to talking to him. So everybody hang tight. We'll be right back with the champ.
1: Let's go. accessories Dugout has is just – it's excellent. The anodized handles for uh, lift and reverse on the motor – speaking of motor i decided to go with the newport this year the reason i really like the newport is you can choose whatever brand uh 24 volts and versus hours of runtime. i went with the tim percy steering system on this uh the unit is so clean in uh, it you can pan optics with the remote you want to be able to control when that i truly can kite fish the best reels the best tackle, and the best customer service. I know where I can find all this under one roof. It's in Marietta, Georgia. Give Jamie Koza a call and let him absolutely trick out your dream rig. All right.
0: Nice stuff, Ryan. If you want to see that full video, head over to Ryan's uh, Facebook. Is it on your YouTube, Ryan?
1: Yep, I put it up today, right, man. Yeah,
0: dugout will rig you out. But what's up, Garrett? Champ up, and Pancake. Garrett Pancake. Hey,
2: Pancakes in the house for a Let little me throw bit. Throw some signs. Should throw some
0: signs to the the Pancake, Pancake. So, yeah. I didn't man.
2: think she was gonna make the show. See, uh, so funny story. Saturday while I was gone, my youngest kid wanted to make a Valentine's Day gingerbread house. So there's a picture, a pancake eyeballing this thing while they're making it. So Sunday. They go to church, leave Pancake at the house. They come home, grab Pancake. They go eat lunch with family. And then they end up hauling down to Lake Fork because about 12 o'clock, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, I think that's gonna happen. (laughs) Jessica gets home last night and where the gingerbread house had been was just nothing but a bunch of crumbs. So (laughs) Pancake ate a whole gingerbread house (laughs) while they were at church yesterday and nobody found out until uh, we got home last night and she started uh having some issues today uh, burping and doing her thing but she got a trip to the vet she's good to go and we're gonna let her go play some ball in the hallway while we do this
0: there you go man and you just got a, a big check to help pay that bet bill so you're good to go
2: right yeah i'm gonna get her out <laughs> of here <Hold> on.
0: <laughs> pancake the star the dog star of kbn all
2: right
0: there he is. How you feeling, buddy?
2: Feeling good, man.
0: Feeling right. good. You beat? <laughs> All right, good show, everybody, we're out right of here. <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all. He's feeling good, guys.
1: All right. You beat, no, man, you have to be.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, like I've said, it's, it's been a long time coming for me. So, um, been close a few times. Uh, just always seemed like it was out of reach. Um, Went in this year, really wanting to win one of these. Actually, I think I came on, like me and Pancake called in on one of the call-in shows. you guys, hey, what do you got planned for the year? And I'm like, listen, I just, I, I need to get a win. I need to win one of these events. And, um, you know, I shared with you all then that I was leaving the local events behind. Um, so they've been good to me. It was good to, you know, um, get experience, but... Yeah, you know, I think I'm ready to just tackle more national events, and then the weekends that I, I I'm not fishing at, at Hobie or B A S S or something like that. I'll spend with the kids and watch ball games, and you know, not take up too much time of doing too many local, local venues anymore.
0: Yep, yeah. and that's crazy, man, because I didn't realize you've cashed quite a few times nationally. Yeah, And I just assumed that you had won one before. I just, I no. you know, I wasn't paying attention because you cashed a lot. <laughs> but uh, I know you've won a lot, especially with all those plaques behind you back there. And you, yeah. you cashed a bunch of times. So, yeah, you're definitely do for sure. Yeah,
2: Well, the thing about it, I mean, if you look behind me, you see the state of Arkansas how many times. Yeah. You know, so it, it's one of those things. It's cool if you can win in your home state. But, you know, until you get out of state and, and put a big win up there, it kind of feel like, you know, you still got something to prove, so that was a big goal of mine um, going into the year was to win a national event. Um, so just you know, real excited and uh, blessed, man. I mean, seriously, the last couple of weeks have just been huge uptick for me personally, and, and just kind of getting getting my mind right and just you know getting in a good place.
0: That's awesome.
1: Did you think when you were when you were preparing for Fork? With all the hammers, all the Texas hammers that, that were signed up for that event, did you, in your head, and I know, you know, positive mental attitude, whatever, did you think that you were going to win it when you left the house? Yes. All right.
2: I mean, it, it, I did. I, I told people I was going to win it. I told James Whited before I left. I You mean, told not, me. I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I, I'm, I'm really not, but I went down there and practiced, and both days I had 100 inches. And it was it was right after a cold front and when i saw folks on you know kbn um you know kind of dreading the weather a bit um i kind of felt like okay well this really might happen for me this might be the time um you know i think there was a lot more mental prep of what we're going to do with the weather than i think you know was focused on fishing at times and those two days i spent pre fishing down there paid off big time um, like I said, I rolled in, it had been warm, and then we got boom, smacked with a cold front. That morning, I think the windshield was like 26 when I went out, and I had on like six layers of clothes. I had my duck hunting waders on, and I went and found some main lake stuff, um, you know, some trees. And it's like, it was one of those things where if you found a fish, there's probably five five fish on that one spot. And you could also leave it and then come back, and there'd be more fish there um so the first spot i found the fish pre-fishing i caught six fish off that tree and it's to the point i even FaceTime my brother and i was like dude watch this and i cast in there and catch one with him on facetime and um so I, I went and looked for things similar to that and um you know when i would catch a fish i'd mark it on my graph and then i'd leave i didn't stay there and fish it because i've already figured out hey you find one there's going to be more just marking on your graph and go find some more. And so I found, you know, six spots, um, in a cove that I liked. And then I went out to the main lake and uh, worked some stuff and I was only planning on being down there one day, but the fishing was so good for me, pre fishing, um, that I worked some things out here at the house to be able to stay an extra day. And, um, I found some more stuff on the main lake. Um, and mark, you know, two or three more spots like that where there's just multiple fish. And then, um, you know, the last day I was there, I I sent Jeff a a picture of the fish, but I ended up catching a seven-pound, seven-ounce fish um, off of main lake point. And uh, I had planned to start there, but when they changed the time of the tournament, um, you know, I I didn't end up starting there um, because I felt like it was an early morning spot. I'd fished that spot one other time, and I caught a fish that was over six at that point. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's usually good, like, for the first 30 minutes or so in the morning. Um, but I, I share that with you um, as we kind of get into the story a little bit. That spot would pay off later. Um, but I didn't start there on day one.
0: Yeah. I know that you and I traded some messages the week before. And you kind of figured out, you weren't. were you aware of the pre-fishing cutoff rules?
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: you were okay because you had to run down there before it cut off. Because bass, right. as everybody knows, they changed the rules. It's your it's off limits Saturday through Tuesday, basically. Yeah. It, so Garrett had to run down, you know, early in the week before.
2: Yeah, and you know, I think that was also. Um, they say you got to have a little luck. I mean, that was that was kind of luck because I planned on going Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then you know, in our our little group text, we got with some of the guys um, from Old Town. Uh, We were talking about the free fishing, and I was like, gosh, I guess I'm leaving the night and I'll just, you know, fish the next two days. And I ran down there and um, it worked out good because I was wanting to fish the warm weather that was coming. But instead, I was forced to fish this cold front that moved in because of the way the free fishing days were. And, um, you know, I watched the weather throughout the week. And the more I watched it, the more I was like, this is going to set up exactly the same way it was whenever i was down there pre-fishing and i think i'm going to be good um but i mean i felt like i could win it um but did i think that i was going to be the only person that had those kinds of um you know bags heck no like i i thought it was going to be you know six seven people up there with me the brian house matthew scotches garamo you know those guys that are known for going down there. i didn't think that It was gonna be what it was i mean i I definitely thought other people were gonna you know kind of find the same thing um or kind of figure something out as well
0: trying to get this pulled up over here Uh, I i was reading you know there's only three people that had limits both days and chris longshore shout out to him from uh nebraska there he put up two solid bags as well. He was in the top three both days, just he like you. He had nervous the last couple yeah, of was Yeah, right, he was right there on your <laughs> heels. And James Bush from Virginia, he's a, a fellow podcaster, one of the one, o, one objective guys. He had two great days as well. And that, that from reading the the Bassmaster's right, they were in similar depths to you, but they were doing different stuff. Like one guy was cranking, one guy was uh, fishing brush piles in eight to 10 feet or something like that. Um, but it sounded like what you said. If you found a wad of them, you found a fish there was a lot of them there. did you yeah. talk to those guys did you did you hear that story from them too or no?
2: yeah i didn't yeah I heard a little bit at the the b a s this thing but man i I was still trying to figure out that I really just win this thing. I didn't listen to it all I didn't hear a whole lot of what happened. It was kind of just a big blur um you know for me but i I heard a little bit of that, but you know it it definitely was for me. I could leave a tree also or a spot I caught some fish off some concrete ramps as well. I could leave it, come back an hour and a half, two hours later and catch another fish. Um, you know and that's the other thing is you know I submitted whatever was on the board but there were a lot of other fish that I never even submitted um, that, that you know were smaller than what I had on there. So it wasn't like I just caught seven fish or eight fish that you saw on X. Um, X. I did end up catching you know probably 12 fish each day or so.
1: What was it like with the water down as low as it was? I mean, were you looking, when you initially broke down, you know, what what you were trying to find on this lake, were you looking for drop-offs? Were you looking for holes? I mean, how did you kind of mentally prepare going into a, a lake fork that's nine feet, you know, lower than normal?
2: So the two concrete ramps that I, that I fished, they were both near channel swings and they were residential boat ramps, um, and there was just enough concrete still in the water, it looked like, to um, you know, have a little bit, bit of heat. And I knew those would probably be good late in the day on day two, and they were. And I caught fish there on day two. I, mean, I didn't mess with them on day one, um, just because they were a little further back, and I knew that water was gonna be a little bit colder than what it had
1: And been. you already had 100 inches, so there wouldn't well. be <laughs> any <one else. laughs> we'll I was already that. 20 inches in the lead, so I didn't mess with them on day one.
2: But. Uh, you know, what I figured out was if I could find trees that were, you know, at least 12 to 15 inches in, in you know diameter, okay, um, and there was two of them by each other they, that were at least within four feet of each other, that was kind of what I was looking for to target. And I'd drag it between them or around the edges, um, you know, just kind of bump the roots um, that were down there. But isolated timber was not a thing for me. Um, I left all the isolated stuff alone. If there was a tree and it was like six, there was another one six foot away, I didn't even cast. Like, it had to be kind of close together. Um, and there was, there were not a lot of pieces that set up like that. So it, it wasn't hard to find the other ones once I kind of zoned in on that. And so I, I re- literally just kind of ran around um, the cove I was in uh, pr- practicing. You know, ones I caught fish that looked like that, marked it, and then Bain Lake stuff that I caught fish off of, uh, was very similar. There was one uh, little spot that was different that I caught two 20 inches off of I kind of nice fish off there pre-fishing too, but there was just a stump and there was a lay down like that. Just the back of the lay down ran right up to the stump. And then on the other side of the lay down, it dropped off, um, from like five to like 12 foot. And so I throw up right there where that stump was. And as soon as I pull it off that stump, there'd be a fish. You know, so you were catching
1: your rivers. fish relatively shallow.
2: Yeah, everything was about seven foot for me, so That's I never crazy. caught a fish, um, or I didn't really fish more than eleven foot um, <laughs> all week or the past <laughs> That's few hilarious. days. Hilarious! Um, but man, the water temperature was forty-seven degrees. Um, so you know that was the big ticket for me when I was down there practicing. It was forty-seven, and so when I got back down there and. You know, Jeff will tell you, I'll put it in a group message to the, to the team. i said, guys, don't worry about the air temperature. Just look at the water temp. Um, you know, just because you're cold doesn't mean the fish are, are cold. You know, that surface temperature and where you're at, you know, wind chill factor might be 25, 24 degrees, but the water temperature is still 47. And you know, I kind of feel like if I caught them there last week, you know, dragging a jig in seven foot of water, I'll go try it again. And, you know, maybe did, maybe it's did, just did, dumb luck. I don't know. Maybe I'm did, just you, did you
0: happen to I see where – uh, where Jordan Marshall fished. I don't think his water temp was 47.
2: <laughs> no, but, but that was, that was key to why I wanted to fish some main lake stuff. Um, and so we can talk about that if you want kind of like what went in that decision making, um, you know, yeah, for sure. where it started. Like, uh,
0: and yeah, Larry Hill, kind of asked that question. He said, same pattern for pre fishing and tournament tournament days. Or did anything change? And that's kind of, you know, why you chose what you chose. Uh, the, to fish. What
2: I Yes. Yeah, so the biggest change was, I knew those spots that I had that were closer to like, say real shallow water, like backs of creeks kind of thing. I knew that that was going to change. I mean, I knew that was going to be colder and it was. When I finally got back, there it was like 43 on day one. Now by day two, it was up to 47 again. But I I started on the main lake um, where I found some fish the second day of practice that I went down there because I knew that water would be more stable. And so, Um, you know, that worked out for me. I had not planned on spending the majority of my day one on the main lake. Um, I planned on going back to that little cove where, you know, it breaks off and there's three little branches, uh, that go back. And by the time I had worked my way over there, I had four fish. And so when I nose in there, there's six people in there. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, I don't need to show everybody that's back here where these fish are. Um, So, I kind of weaved through folks, tried to be a little incognito about it, Um, went back there, you know, in one of the spots that was kind of away from everybody, caught a 20-inch fish, took a picture, got out of there. And, you know, I was saving the rest of those spots for day two um, and worked my way back to the truck. On the way back to the truck, that little lay down with the stump by it, I ended up catching a 21 off of it, and, um, you know, I worked my way Back towards the truck, I burned a couple fish, a couple 17 and 18s, um, you know that that couldn't help me at that time. And then, I, you know, I was kind of kicking myself um, working back through that water. I was kind of like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But get to the truck, and um, it's about 2:30, and I was like, you know, I didn't start on that morning spot because they changed the time, and it was across the lake, like literally directly across from me. I had to go across the bridge. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm a hustle up. I'm a load up. I'm gonna throw a Hail Mary. And so I throw the the kayak in the truck, put everything in there, run across the bridge, dump in, go under this bridge on the other side. There's just a main lake point. I throw up there and, um, catch a small fish, which I've never done there. Every other fish I've ever caught there's been a giant. And we catch like a 15 incher and, uh, I throw it back throw back up there a few more times and uh pull pull the jig off a, a stump right there on that main lake uh point and that's when i caught that 22 incher and you know that was just pure pure luck you know i mean it's just i rolled over there and threw a hell mary and there's a fish there to catch it i guess
0: ryan said that before man when it's your time it's your time And yeah. things happen like that
1: it's like you can do no wrong like you can call your shots like you know like, yeah. I yeah. mean that the TOC was different but Watts bar like I felt like when Edwin was like I don't know 12 or 14 inches in front of me I just felt it I was like shit I'm I'm about to catch this kid <laughs> 14 inches like I got this like <laughs> shake it off I need a 19 right here it's it, but I mean I really think like when the stars line up you you're the only person that can make you lose If you drop your phone if you lose your identifier like it's on you to mess it up but when it's your day the fish are doing right like they know who pulls up they're ready to go
2: well and i had that moment on day two i did you know aside from the kayak issues that i had which were completely my fault okay being impatient you know trying to force something to um we got to talk
1: about that tell tell people about what happened (laughs) i mean we saw it on 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 your story and whatever in the pictures posted, but tell everybody what happened. Yeah, yeah. So day one, you're
0: sitting on 102 inches and then you start your day two like this. Tell that story.
2: So I roll over um, to launch and the day before I had to work my rudder um, loose, you know, because water got in there, cables kind of got frozen there. And um, I had to get out of the kayak as I had started. And then I had to pull back in. I had to get the rudder loose on day one and I popped it loose. So day two, I'm like, okay, I already know I got to do this. And I'm being real easy with it for a really long time. And eventually I just, I got in with it. I'm like, I'm just going to try to give it a little, little, little good little punch. And when I did, I, I popped it popped the cable and broke it. And, um, now I'll tell you this in my mind, I was like, I'll paddle this sucker. I'll go find five fish. I don't care if I have to. Um, but you know, I, I reached out to our little group, um, Folks on the old town team in the southern region, um, and I just said, "Hey, is anybody around here that has an extra kayak?" And Roy, who's actually from Conway, Roy Grubb, and I know you know very well, um, happened to be nearby and had his extra Predator. He brings it over, and we're you know trying to get you know my knob for the graph over to his, and just trying to figure out how to get my crate in there. And it finally got to the point where it's, you know, it's, it's go time and I can't fit the crate in there. Cause I got, you know, seven, eight rod holders on there. And I just looked at, it, I said, dude, I got to go. And I just ripped three of the rod holders off the, <laughs> the bank. I said, put them in a truck. I'm only using two of these rods anyways. And I took off, <laughs> but so I, I roll around, you know, to my starting spot. And this was that moment where, you know, you Ryan, you're saying you kind of know when you know, um, I threw in this area where I caught several fish and I, I caught some 18s. I think I caught a 19 there the day before. I ain't caught any big fish there, per se, um, you know, for fork. Yeah, for I was going to say,
1: fork really okay. changes your perspective on that. I caught <laughs> but, a couple um, of 19s, not really shit out of there, but. Uh.
2: <laughs> but so I throw in there and um, I, yeah, several casts um, repeated. That was one thing that was, that was true too. So you couldn't just throw in there one time and think you're gonna catch fish. Um, you know, it, sometimes it took multiple casts on some of those trees, um, but multiple casts in the spot, finally get bit, set the hook, fish is coming to me. I get the net out and I go to scoop this thing up and it do, I do I do a terrible job. I don't get the tail or the head in the net. I pretty much pick this thing up and it's laid across like a loaf of bread on the head. Okay, and it, and it does one of these and when it does, the jig comes out of its mouth, and as the fish is falling, I just reached down as fast as I could and just scooped with the net, and I, I scooped that fish up in the net. But when I got that 21-incher in the kayak, I was like, I'm going to win this tournament. Like, it's if that kind of stuff is happening, I'm going to go find four fish, and I'm going to win the tournament.
0: So you did. Did, did you watch <laughs> the leaderboard?
2: I, I don't look at it until I have five fish. Okay. Um, so I left that spot, and um, – I worked some of that main lake stuff over to that other area that I had saved, um, but I didn't do near as hot. Uh, but I worked it a lot faster too, because I knew I had fresh stuff that I wanted to go hit. And um, when I got in that area where there were six people before, now there's only three. Um, so that game plan worked out. Um, you know, some other folks had left that area, and I rolled up um, to the first spot in there and caught two fish, boom, boom, and then uh, worked another spot, nothing. Went to my third spot and then uh, finished out my limit there. Then I looked at the leaderboard and I was pretty shocked. I will say, I was pretty shocked.
0: <laughs> we had some. Uh, we had a group chat going. You know, following it ourselves. And at one point, I think James Bush had he got his limit first, and he had passed you, and he was up. I don't know. He was up by ten inches or something like that. But you didn't have your limit yet. And some folks were like, "Man, he better get that fifth fish." And I said, "Man, he's on fish. He's about to. He's about to do this." Uh, and sure enough, it wasn't thirty minutes, and you, you know, you had that that fifth one, and it was a good one, and he blew by him. And the only person that kind of gave you a little run for your money was, was Longshore. He came. He came in hot late, and
2: uh, yeah, had well, an outside I
0: mean, shot. You know,
2: I mean, when I so I caught that last fish at a twelve somewhere in there, but when I caught that fish, you know, I felt like that's it. That, that's the nail in the coffin because I before the day started I was like, if I, if I can do 96 inches I'll probably win this tournament. And then I was like if I hit 98, I definitely got it Well, then I you know, obviously did better than that. So I'm like, it's got to be over And then I was looking at the leaderboard and then I looked at his fish and I was like, oh shoot, man He he really could probably coal some of those out here. Like it ain't over. I got to keep fishing So I mean I I fished all the way till the end and I fished hard um, because Fork is one of them places that you never know. Somebody may roll up and catch two twenty-three inches, you know, within 10 minutes.
1: Larry Hill um, may catch three or four in a tournament, it seems. Geez. So, that's, yeah. I mean, I mean, so that's I the never, only number he had dialed in, it looks like.
2: I never truly felt like it was over, over until, you know, I got to the LinkedIn and kind of heard some folks talking that, you know, it kind of felt like it was a done deal at that point, but. Until you kind of really hear that, you know, still in the back of your mind when you're on Lake Fork, you never know if someone caught another
0: 24-and-a-half-incher. Garrett, you and I have been to Lake Fork and been in the same tournament together a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time. Now, this is probably the toughest I've ever seen at fish, you know, looking at the entire leaderboard. But I've never seen it to where, no, like Ryan said earlier, nobody was catching buck bass. I didn't see anybody submitting 12- and 13-inch fish. I mean, that just was not happening. Well, explain yeah. why, why do you think that was happening?
2: I Man, I have no idea. I mean, I got that one 15-incher, um, you know, but I, I didn't have a bunch of small bites like that either. I mean, my average bite—it seemed like, well, it got it got better as tournament went on. But it seemed like for the four days, you know, the two I pre and the two there, it's like if I got a bit a bite, it's gonna be at least an 18-inch fish, at least. Um, so I don't know what was going on, but I wasn't complaining about it.
1: They don't yeah. do dinks in Texas. It don't look like.
2: I guess yeah.
1: so. I just
0: mean in the past, you know what I'm saying. There's people that'll fill their limits with the little, yeah. the bucks there at the, the tail end of things. That just wasn't happening. I mean, even the people that caught one fish, if you look down the leaderboard, it was a 22 or a 20, 23 or whatever. I mean, how you many
1: know? skunks were there in this tournament?
0: Let's see. I'll I'll scroll through here.
1: A million. It was some. I mean, I mean,
0: over the two days, it, it was around 50 skunks for two days total and then a lot of people with just one fish i think it was like 90 people with one or less
1: that's nuts yeah and
2: i'll tell you another thing is you know last year i didn't i didn't do too hot during the tournament (laughs) um like an hour afterwards i'm still out there and just kind of you know wasting time and catching a good one but i stayed an extra day and went and explored and that paid off i mean that that paid off this tournament so I know some people did that this tournament, like Roy, when he brought me to kayak. He's like, man, I'm just going to go mark some stuff on my graph. So, you know, when you're down there for a two-day event and, you know, things don't go great on the first day, you know, sometimes it's worth just going and look at some new water or going and look at some new launches and just kind of exploring some stuff. Uh, Because I've been on fork a ton. I mean, I, I went there a lot growing up. Went there a lot for spring breaks and stuff. But the area I fished, I had never fished before, um, before I looked at it last year. I looked at it last year, um, you know, when I stayed that extra day.
0: So do you want to, uh, what were the people, you said you rolled into that cove on day one. There were six people in there in that mm-hmm. little area fishing. What were they not doing? Were they just not on the juice, throwing the wrong technique? Or did, you, did you pick up on anything, or did you just try to ignore them and ease onto the back?
2: Well, some of them were fishing boat docks that were in there, and there was some boat docks that had water on them, and there were some good brush piles around some of them. Um, you know, I, I never got bit around those in practice, um, but kind of what I noticed, what I, I felt they were doing, was they spent too much time in dead water. I mean, there's 5, Some people trees. spent
1: their whole tournament in dead water, it looks like.
2: <laughs> there's 5,000 trees in this <laughs> cove, and there's basically six of them to hold the fish um and if you knew where they were you're gonna catch them um uh, but if you you know were spending time trying to pick every single three apart um you're just wasting a lot of time um uh, but you know the other piece of it was i mean i did see other people throwing a jig i saw a lot of people throw a black and blue jig I saw a lot of people throw a jig with a lot of red in it um you know, the jig i was throwing was uh, the g money jig it's got some uh uh green pumpkin and a lot of orange in it and i use a rage bug as um you know the the trailer on there and um i i just really think it was a color thing i think they wanted that bit of orange on there it's, it's not too bright um when you mix in the oh know, where we go Wait, there she is. When, you, when you mix in you know the green it, it kind of looks pretty natural overall um where we go there but that that was the juice man i mean that was it so you can tell it's pretty beat up um, but just kind of was what they wanted and you know that's one thing I've, I've always had a couple custom bait um folks that i work with i like to find stuff that the fish don't see all the time um you know it, Lake forks a place that those fish see 100 100 baits you know a day sometimes in the spring and um you know the summer months but a lot of them are educated have you?
1: Do you feel like they've ever seen, like, a green pumpkin chatterbait? <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've seen every color chatterbait. Okay. All right, then. Okay. All right. Fair enough.
0: And I know I've heard you and seen you post about the G-Money color here in Arkansas, yeah. catching them on different places down there in central Arkansas. So, did that play a factor, you think, as well, just knowing once you got bit on your something you're already confident in, that just take it to the next level as far as feeling like you were going to catch them?
2: Yeah, and, you know, it, it could have just all been a mental thing. I mean, obviously, yeah. if you look at the numbers, I mean, it, it wasn't a great event as far as, you know, just to run a lot of fish caught. But I didn't feel like, you know, I, I didn't feel like I'm going to struggle. I didn't feel like I'm not going to catch fish. I mean, I, I guess after having that gr- – I did win practice. I just didn't post the pictures. Um, so <laughs> I just, I just want to throw that out there. I know someone was like, hey, this is a practice leader. I'm like, no, they ain't the practice leader, but um, I'm holding those photos um, until afterwards. But when you go down there and, and just really stomp them on the head um, for two days leading up to an event, and then you feel like the, the water temp is going to be the same, another cold front situation. I think I just rolled in there so confident um, that it it probably was a placebo effect in some ways. You know, like I was just too dumb. And too stupid to even realize yeah. I shouldn't be out there doing what I was doing, I guess. <laughs>
0: did, did you mess with them on Thursday or Friday? Or did you just get down there and, and fish the tournament Saturday? Dude, and Saturday?
2: I didn't even come in till Friday at, like, 8. Um, you know, I had had to work Friday and then um, just rolled down there late, stopped by and uh, checked in and um, went and fished on Saturday.
0: And that's that. Yeah. Um, Tell people, maybe you can offer a little advice. You don't want to give it too much juice. I don't know. You talked about fork, and the first time I ever went to fork, I noticed what you said, which is there are, especially with the lake low, a million trees, and you can get caught up in seeing all that uh, and kind of get lost and, and waste a whole day trying to fish the wrong stuff or chasing you know every tree stump you see. Uh, so forks like that, Truman Lake up in Missouri is like that. There's lakes around the country with so much standing timber. Yeah. How can folks learn from Garrett, from G-Money, on how to break down standing timber lakes like that and find the juice?
2: Just looking for something different. You know, and it, like that's, that one stump that had lay down on in front of it, that was the only lay down that I could see out on that main lake, on that whole stretch of bank. The only one that had some sort of horizontal structure. Um, you know, and, and I caught, you know, two good fish for the tournament in there. and caught another good one off of it. Um, and pre fish as well. Um, but just looking for something that's just a little bit different. Um, the two concrete ramps, you know, that I caught fish off as well, um, you know, they happen to be right near channel swings, um, And, you know, with that water being as low as it was, um, you know, that played an even bigger factor for those fish to be there. Um, so just, just finding little things like that, and especially when it has been cold, you know, things that hold heat, of course, You know, wood's going to hold heat, concrete's going to hold heat. Um, I was actually focusing a lot of times on the sunny side of stumps and trees and things like that, um, where, you know, that that sun had been hidden. And um, when I was, the bite was better for me when there's, you know, the heavier wind. I would kind of come in from behind the structure and throw way out in front and then drag it back, um, you know, assuming that the fish are kind of set up um, based on the wind there. Um, That seemed to to play a factor, but, you know, just looking for something different, um, you know, it tends to be a key. I mean, if you're looking at a field of trees and they all look the same to you, you just got to kind of figure out how to find something that just seems a little different.
1: Larry Larry Hill wants to know, uh, do you run any forward-facing electronics? Uh, He barely
2: had a boat, Larry. I doubt he had forward-facing
1: electronics. (laughs) <laughs> he's out there on two pool noodles just getting
2: it done so, he's out
1: there on sea biscuit, man getting it done
2: so here's the deal with that um, I think that those forward facing electronics have a place and for those folks that um, are good with that um, they will they will have their moments and there's you know certain times of the year they're going to kick everybody's butt um, and if you're confident in that go do it um, I don't have that I, I don't necessarily feel like i want it right now i'm not saying i won't in the future um but you know i just kind of focus on what my strengths are um and, and fish off instincts for the most part i can get away with that um you know quite a bit of the time of the year there's other times of the year when i wish i was better at my electronics that's why i bought the the class that i need to go take you know with the jt um fundraiser that's yep. that's the one i bought so that i will get up to kentucky lake and cash that in um and and learn my electronics a lot better i do have side imaging um but i'll tell you there was not a single fish that i caught that i saw on my graph and was like oh there's a fish there um it was more about the depth and the structure that i was looking for and i guess just feeling confident that there's going to be fish there um so i have been in the boat so i do a couple big boat tournaments locally guy fish with um You know that he runs um forward facing and he's good with it um you know and he he can go catch them i tell you fishing out of the back of the boat though it it gets kind of difficult when you're trying to cast and they hit the trolling motor to go chase something um so it it definitely can change things up with you know how you fish and all that and i've seen people chase fish too much to have it i heard that happen
1: quite a bit on on fork
0: i've almost Um, been run over with people in their bass, but not like full throttle. They're just trolling with their head down and not even paying attention to where they're going. They're just chasing fish on the, on the sonar.
1: One of the cool things that I I was introduced to this past weekend was perspective mode on these forward facing sonars. So instead of having your transducer vertical, it's turned sideways and it gives you a super wide cone. That's almost relatively your viewpoint out of the front of the kayak. Uh, And it's, but it's only good till about, you know, 10 or 11 feet. But, you know, those trees, for instance, that you were fishing, you would see all the trees and you would be able to see which ones had fish on them and which ones didn't in this, in this flat plane of live scope. That's something, especially I think in the, in the spring, you know, up until spawn, up until they start moving back out to the ledges. I think that would be a pretty clutch little deal. They were showing some clips of like dock fishing and whatnot, and you could tell which dock post had, had fish on them.
0: Did y'all see the Millican video where he went down to, I think he was on fork doing that crap. Did you, did you see that Garrett?
2: I hadn't, hadn't checked that one
0: out. Yeah. He was on fork, uh, running jerk baits and swim baits through the treetops with the forward facing sonar. So I don't know. I don't know. We, that could be a whole other conversation we could have, even if it should be allowed in tournaments, but, um, it's, it's a wild technology for sure.
2: Yeah, I just know, bought it. So it better be, a,
1: be allowed for at least for <laughs> this year.
2: There may be a time where I want it and I, I yeah. put it on mine. Um, but you know, right now I'd, I'd have to get out there and experience it uh, a lot more before I invested in something like that. I don't
1: want to get my ass kicked by Edwin again because I was too cheap to buy it. <laughs> that's my that's my only motivation. Like If he's out there sitting on brush piles sniping fish in 30 feet of water, I want to be able to do the same thing. Yeah. I don't want it to be because I didn't have it
0: we got some uh, questions here. Somebody asked uh, Jody Bowers, number one, he said he was glad he had you on your fantasy team. He actually messaged me and said he had you and I on his fantasy team. I said, Jody, I didn't make it down. I got snowed in (laughs) up here in the freaking mountains, so you're screwed. But Garrett came through and won the whole thing, so I think he made up the difference. Uh, And then he also asked, are you fishing Greers for the NSK? Are you going to be around for that?
2: No, I'm actually going to go with the the fam up in Branson. So my kids are still young enough. They think that little indoor water park up there is like the, the
0: Grand Country Inn. You going to right, the
2: Grand. They. So we're going to take advantage of that uh, until they realize that that place isn't that great. But we're going to yeah. keep taking them till. Yeah, my boys used that. to love
0: that back in the day. It's cool <laughs> that it's still there. So.
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll be up there for that. I'll make the the Conway tournament for an SK. That's probably the only one I fish um, this year, and you know the rest of the time I'll spend chasing these holies and some of these DASS events. You,
0: you coming to Toledo this week?
2: I am. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll drive through the night. I'll get AJ to meet me in the morning, and then I'll go fish.
0: <laughs> Seems like a good formula. Yeah, uh, let's see, there's another, another good question from Evan Morgeson. It's kind of a long one. You see that one, right? that one. It says, do you feel kayak fishing has opened the door for blue-collar Americans as an opportunity at the pro level of fishing that's affordable? Do you feel this will change as time progresses and kayak tournament entry fees get too excessive?
2: man i've always said that the, the big appeal to kayak fishing was anybody can go buy a, a kayak um and you know i don't think you gotta have a fancy rig and obviously i don't necessarily think you gotta have electronics <laughs> i think they help um but you know if, if you know how to catch them um you can go get a sun and go catch them i ain't saying it's gonna be comfortable <laughs> and i ain't saying your pictures are gonna be great um but you know man i started in a Two dollar rig from academy with two poles two shakespeare poles two abu garcias and you know just went out there and fished because i liked it and um you know i got addicted to it but uh, the good thing is i think the sport will keep growing because it's something that somebody like me with two kids you know sure would i love to have a phoenix bass boat out there yeah do i want the phoenix bass bass boat payment right now heck no do i want to pay insurance on it no do i want to pay the extra gas to haul it across the country? No, they don't want to put gas in it for each tournament. No, um, you know, there's other things that I need to prioritize as a father um, to make sure I'm doing it for my kids. But this still allows me to be competitive and enjoy something that I like to do. As entry fees get higher, I think you'll still have other trails to fish. Um, and, and that's the good thing is we're starting to see the pecking order established itself and it's going to take care of itself the anglers are going to choose based on their experiences and um, we're starting to see that happen so
0: give us number one I thought it was cool that your family came down and was able to see the weigh in that was yeah. awesome uh, but give us your opinion of the, the bass experience down there I know bass has had some hiccups with the registration process and some of their information going out but how did they handle things on the ground uh, at the event
2: for you um, so great experience on my end um, you know, I needed a late check-in. Um, you know, being I, I couldn't get away until later on on Friday, uh, they were accommodating with that. I'll say, AJ is the best with that. I've never been um, to a Hobie event where if I needed to meet him in the morning or something, he, he was always willing to do that. Um, so I think Bass got that right um, this time. Um, you know, and being you know accommodating and flexible with those things uh, I had to call the tournament director um, to ask about you know hey because I didn't know for sure could I use someone else to kayak but I wanted you know I'm in the lead I'm not going to go out there until I know so I called him and I was like hey is this cool but I mean he answered the phone right away um, you know clarified things for me when I had questions but um, I, I felt like things were handled well um, you know it was a good experience on my end
0: you know one thing they do that that you know they already have it built in because they're Bassmaster, is they they're quick on the press releases i mean they have the interviews up the videos up i mean they're on that pretty quick and i saw they did some good stuff with you on day one and two
2: yeah that was pretty shocking too um i wasn't prepared for that piece (laughs) Um, so (laughs) it's like hey come here it's like photo hey talk to this person hey talk to that person uh that was pretty overwhelming it has been really for the last 24 hours of You know, phone calls, podcasts, you know, interviews, things like that. But the media side with Bassmasters, I would say it's probably their strength. You probably get more exposure with that organization than you do um, with some of the other trails. Um, So I think maybe where they need to put a little bit more um, simplification in the registration process um, and kind of getting the schedule out maybe a little bit earlier and, you know, kind of checking and see what else is going on in the country. Um you know, I think they make up for it in their ability to give you exposure as an angler if that's something you're after um, or something you desire uh, but man i have just been shocked at how many times I got on Facebook and saw my my mug popping up on this post or that post or you know on the on their website that that was pretty overwhelming and um man, I mean I feel pretty blessed for sure.
1: So that's one of the things that, you know, when Bass announced that it was coming into the kayak scene, I think that's one of the expectations that everybody had from the beginning. You, you assumed that this was going to be just a huge media wave coming in on these kayak tournaments. And, and it, it was slow to build up. And I mean, honestly, like Iconelli when when Iconelli won the 30-man event up there on Upper Chesapeake, They made a huge push on that, but, but I mean, up until then there wasn't, there wasn't really a huge media deal with that. I'm glad they are listening hats off to bass because, you know, they are, they did adjust some of the rules. We talked about the pre-fishing cutoffs and things. They are paying attention to what anglers are talking about. It may not happen immediately, but they have done a great job. A great job promoting you winning fork. I've seen it everywhere. I mean that's yeah that's awesome yeah. and I, I'm glad they're, you know, they're getting rolling on the media thing because I think that is gonna be their key to being successful on the kayak side, but also a lot of kayak anglers keys to to elevating, you know, to a point where they can potentially chase these trails for a living and have the sponsorship dollars to support that
0: yeah that one thing i saw at the very first event on logan martin is they had their media guy come in and he talked to the whole crowd you remember that garrett you guys are both yeah. there, i think Yeah. Uh, he talked to the whole crowd about having names on your boats and having you yeah. know uh how to talk to the media how to you know prepare for pictures uh, and that, and that was big. So I expected from then on for you know for them to be pushing, and they do a good job. Like they like we said at the events, they did a great job with you at this event. We need them to step up their game prior to the events. Oh, what happened there? Uh, prior to the events, getting the word out about the events and kind of pushing the events a little bit more ahead of time and getting their schedule out a little bit earlier. Uh, but we want them to succeed. We want all the trails to su- succeed because you know more options is better.
1: I think I mean I wanted to see I was waiting on the live awards like that kind of hurt my heart <laughs> I was I was sad I assumed that you want it but I was, I was yeah. like man when are we going live here like I didn't know who was sandbag I mean it's fork like. So you see bdh like right. pull yeah. out 106 inches there was room for a shock there and i'm like dude know. if somebody's the knocked him man. off in the last minute like yeah. this is gonna be nuts yeah somebody like, could have pulled somebody, somebody and, pull the and, pentagraph on them i was or gonna you know? say if, if if somebody gets jordan marshall out here it's gonna be awful <laughs> 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 well
0: uh, what are you gonna be christine jordan marshall uh, again? because she, uh, she uh, forgot she did the day two id on day one so sorry christine i didn't hear this
1: that's the second tournament in a row she's done that. That's the second tournament in a row. But she always does that in early. Early early season events is not her jam. She'll get rolling here in about a month and a half, two months.
0: i tell you what, man. I love events like this when – like we, we – people that aren't in the events, we enjoy watching them all and seeing who's going to win and following along. But certain ones, there's like some momentum that builds behind it, and you start really getting invested and pulling for certain people. And I think there was a wave of people pulling for Garrett to win this event. Uh, so like ryan said we were all kind of left in the dark for a couple hours last night like oh my god i, I think he won did he win I know, what we're like texting you
1: know? each other like what what he have like you, heard, you you hear what he had <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, yeah so. well that
2: so that was kind of when i pull up to the link then, that was kind of well, what this what was this what was this what this person have and that's kind of when i started putting together like oh i may have actually won this thing um you know but on my you know pedal in my brother's calling me he's like man you know The dude that was in second, he didn't submit any fish yet. And when he said that, my heart dropped. I was like,
0: Freaking brothers, man. Why's your brother got to do you like that? What's up with that?
2: (laughs) Um, No, I mean, he was like, But he was like, But I've looked at all the fish and, you know, I I feel like you're good. But, you know, I don't know why. Maybe he's got a monster sack or whatever. But then I think I heard that I I think he submitted four um, or whatnot, which uh, I understand probably why I didn't submit fish. I know I don't submit fish until I have. Live most of the time now because the conditions the, were the way they were i was submitting fish as i went um in case something happened with my phone or whatever i mean when it's cold like that man you never know with electronics your battery
1: dies faster when it's cold too so you have yeah, to be I, cognizant I do, of stuff like that
2: i did take a battery pack with me with an extra charger um you know so that's a tip for anybody out there that you know going to fish in the cold and may want to invest in one of those you just never know but uh, local tournaments though, I, I won't submit unless I have five fish. So I want to take the time to stop fishing because that could be cast that I could be making to cast that fifth fish. Um, so I, I totally get that.
0: When you're rolling in that autopilot though, when you're moving spots, it's easy to submit. You can just hit That's that direction. True too. Yeah. You hit that directional and just, <laughs> uh, go ahead and do it.
2: I tell you, um, I got some exercise, uh, this last, last event here. So. Uh, the next one, I'll have an autopilot to zoom around in.
0: That's good stuff. I think we wouldn't be doing any justice if we didn't show um, the fella that was in second on day one, if we didn't show his fish. So let's show that monster, because he did win uh, big bass of the tournament.
2: Yeah, that's a giant.
0: That's a big un. Thick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and thick.
0: Yeah. There were multiples that size caught, and Larry Hill caught, I think, three twenty threes. So unbelievable the size average that was caught. I, I don't have the time to do the math on that, but... I wonder if Dwayne would throw it in his calculator and tell us what the average size was for that tournament because that uh, it was impressive.
1: I mean, the I would say the average is high, being that so few fish were caught and they were all yeah, and they were all thick. So I'd say the average is looking pretty solid on that one. I 150 did.
0: people 400 fish basically over two days that's that is not many at all
1: and i think garrett caught
0: like 40 of those so yes. i <laughs> I, mean,
2: there, I remember at one point i was trying to measure a fish and it was like a 19 incher and it's its head was just so where i'm at was like so wide like i couldn't hardly get it down in the catch board like to position it the way i needed it to try to get the most length out of the fish i'm like this big-headed sucker here but it was I mean, it was it was 19 inches, but it had a head on it like it should have been 23.
0: That, that 22 had a head on it like it should have been a 12-pounder.
2: Yeah, yeah. Skinny body. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that fish. It, one of its eyes didn't look great. Um, it had been tied up for two
1: weeks in a cold front, waiting <laughs> on you to get back between them two trees. No.
2: Man, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I actually had a cameraman was right there by me. Uh, he's actually on the phone with me. You know, walking over the bridge was gonna come film, and I'm on the phone with him whenever I got the bite to set the hook. I'm like, dude, I just caught one,
1: so he also over
2: there, huh?
1: Big worm, Mark,
2: yeah, 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 <laughs> <So> he, he <laughs> my boy over there. And he would want me to bring the fish over to him, you know, to get video. I'm like, listen, dude, I gotta get this fish in the water, it don't look too good. Uh, but I got a good video of it swimming off. I, I'll, I'll go on and share that. Dude, too. he
1: posted a picture with a big ass fish in the yeah, boat out over. there while he was photographing. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. was like, "How, how this I think, happened?"
0: I think, <laughs> I think Mark caught an over off your backup spot, Garrett. That son of a gun. No, I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> He's <laughs> out
0: there, boy. Hey, let me let me ask you about this because you don't you normally fish out of the out of the top water or the sportsman. Yeah. You're in Roy's Predator here. You're flirting with disaster, leaving that uh, ID just sitting there on the rail one well, little breeze and you're in, tr- you're so, in some trouble man
2: here's the deal it, had it, already was, frozen. it was frozen it was frozen to the rail it already <laughs> it already blew off once it got wet at this point so now it's just sticking on that sucker
0: uh, okay i got you
2: so once you got it wet you just throw it up there it's good
0: just throw it up there and she freezes cool. i had
2: two, i we all had two identifiers so there's no another okay. one in the in the deal there but i will tell you um there's a little bit of adjustment going from a top water to a predator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's a little bit different man the whole that you know it's a little deeper uh different different setup there for sure yeah let's see uh any any more questions that you saw ryan uh, that i missed to throw up here
1: no i think i think you i think you nailed it there pretty good I, I just want to touch on that evan evan's question earlier uh i definitely think the stage that's set is to open the door kind of for the blue collar guys to get into this but i'll tell you like these sponsors when they see you getting traction on the kayak fishing side they're looking at the reach and the growth of of kayak fishing like they that's what they want to target so if you think that you're going to come up on the kayak fishing side and then go buy a bass boat and be that influential or that popular or whatever just remember there's you know, five hundred thousand guys in front of you already in a bass <laughs> boat, like like that. That the oh. crossover game is is a is a lot steeper on that side. So oh. you know, you may find yourself kind of worked into the kayak side, and that's that's where you need to be to to yeah. be able to make money doing this.
2: Ryan, it's interesting you say that. So before I got into kayak fishing, I was you know kind of doing the BFL co angler thing. Did it a couple times. Me and a buddy kind of committed to doing it, and um, me and him did some local tournaments. And I signed up for a kayak event, did well, signed up for a few, a few more, did well. You know, I got to talk to him, he's like, dude, he's like, this kayak thing's just starting to go. He's like, there's 100 people out there trying to be KVD. He's like, but this kayak thing's just taking off. You probably need to stick with it. His name's Eddie Brown, and that was probably a good piece of advice he gave me. He kind of saw that coming, you know, four or five years ago. And I think what you just said is spot on. There's a lot of people in front of that line. <laughs>
1: um, I know it for or- a fact. I mean, I went I went and bought that Phoenix that you're talking about last year and <laughs> and had that conversation with sponsors and they're like, you know, do whatever you want to sampling the bass boat side, but the you know, but we want you for the kayak side. Like that's you know, that's the reason that you're here is the kayak side. So You know, that's kind of a rude awakening, but that's, (laughs) that's the (laughs) truth. I mean, that's, this is the fastest growing, you know, segment of the sport. So they're looking for, for that foothold in the market, if you will.
0: Yeah. We had uh, three questions coming back to back to back to back. A couple of them from local folks. One from uh, someone near and dear to your heart over on YouTube there, uh, Garrett. James from H24 Outdoors. Um, What'd you think of the new pre-fishing rules that Bass had set up?
2: Um. I mean I like it I like that it you know for I I like a dead period for a couple different reasons Um, you know it doesn't allow people to just you know camp out and you know on a certain area and just go wear it out knowing they're not gonna fish there Um, you know let's just be real if it does happen probably Um, (laughs) um, so it kind of gives some space there um where the fish get a break a little bit uh i think you know it's going to help uh folks like myself that tend to kind of you know do their own thing um just go try to find your own own pattern your own fish and um I think it it kind of levels the playing field a little bit
0: uh then kyle long threw one in there did you get crowded in anybody did anybody do the bent rod bent rod pattern on you at all for two oh, days they do no, he said, did everybody give you space? They didn't run, try to run the bent rod. Like if, if
1: you did really well oh, yeah, on day yeah. one, did somebody come in there and throw a fluke on you on day they, two?
2: Honestly, I don't think anybody knew who I was where I was. So I was good. Um, the only thing that made me nervous is when the camera boat started coming around.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you know, it did not take long to figure out something's going on when the camera boat starts, you know, rolling around and, and kind of following you around. But, um, you know, I, I think I was good just – you know, I the starting spot in the main lake stuff I was on, there's only one other guy out there, and it was his first event. His name's Peyton. We chatted up. He's a really cool dude. Um, you know, I, I encouraged him to come do some more of these and stay after it. Um, you know, but, I mean, we, we fished by each other quite a bit, um, but, you know, it, it didn't bother me. Um, you know, I kind of felt like I kind of had my own thing going on.
0: All right. And then uh, here's the last one we'll give you tonight. And it's kind of the way we were going to uh, finish it anyway, which is what, what's your plans for this year? Larry Hill asked what's your other national tournaments for the rest of the year. And What do you feel you have a solid chance of winning? Is there one that you're looking forward to? Like, I got a shot at this one coming up.
2: Um, Dardanelle in September. Um, so I did well there the first year. The second year I overslept. <laughs> My boy. Um, yeah, that was the whole thing. <laughs> Um, then me and Jeff, we, we kicked around back there and next thing you know, we see Brian Howe. So we got out of his way. Um, obviously he had a yeah, chance we'll you, to the thing. We we'll watched BDH um, but, wear him out. Yeah,
0: Garrett actually yeah, went I and mean, ran off a bass boat off of BDH yeah. from Crowden.
2: Hey man, you just gotta, you gotta let people know, hey, my man here, you <laughs> got a chance to win some major dough. <laughs> you need to, need to keep it moving here. You can come, come, you know, fish Darnell anytime you live right down the road. But anyways, uh, Dardanelle's the one I kind of got my eye on. Um, that I feel like I could do well at. Um, I'm going to fish Toledo, probably go to Broken Bow. I did sign up for fallen never been there, so I'll be driving through the night on that one. Um, but I would like to. Um, hey, Eric may actually win Darnell. He's done pretty good out there as well. I see him saying he's going to win it this year. Um, I would like to try to find some more BASS events. Be honest with you, this was the only one I was going to fish this year. Um, you know, but now that apparently I'm winning Angler of the Year at the moment, <laughs> um, you know I might even go find some more uh, to go fish. <laughs> that's what
0: happened to Lambert last last year. He hey, got man, caught chasing Aoy all year after after man, winning
2: that first one. I
1: spent a lot spent a lot of money on that one. I should have should have <laughs> just stuck with Watts Bar and went on to the house. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Kyle's For got man. another good question, man. He said BBT's getting ready to be on Fork. Who are you going to sell the juice to down there?
1: They actually do dinner. lie detectors. They have information rules in those, oh, in those okay. real Remember. tournaments.
2: They'll bust that ass for that. Okay, I don't,
1: I don't know about all that, all them rules down there.
2: I mean, the juice was just given on the program. All they gotta do is watch it, right? That's
0: it. Watch, watch, or go listen to the audio podcast later. Either way, you'll be good to go.
2: But man, I tell you, I would, I would really love to qualify for the Hobie Championship because we know where the championship's at, right?
0: Oh, Garrett. He's due on Caddo, <laughs> that's for sure. We thought you was going to win. The, I, you was my pick to win the national championship down there this year, so
1: I know you want to get to Caddo for anything.
2: No, I want to get to Caddo for anything, so I usually fare pretty decent down there.
1: That's another. That's another huge as far as average size of fish goes. That'll be a barn burner, I think, for the TOC. Yeah, is this be a,
0: awesome. Will this be the biggest tournament to go to just Caddo, and not have the selection of lakes like just Caddo?
1: I'm honestly excited. I love Caddo. Yeah. Period. So yeah. yeah, especially with only 50 people. I mean, the last time I fished it, there were probably there were 125 people in the area I could see, which was miserable. So yeah. with only 50 people, I can only assume that it's going to be pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. But I think I, I honestly think that is playing a role into these things selling out. Um, oh, I think for we, sure it is. When you yeah. put a championship down around um Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas area, you know, Oklahoma where, you know, I mean people fish like 24/7 if they can. Um there's going to be a lot of people trying to qualify for that championship just because it's in their backyard.
1: I mean, I think the lake location and I think it being 45 grand this year, I mean, that's stuff that we were only seeing in the Xfinity number national championships like 45 grand for 50 people you gotta i mean if you wake up every day you got a decent little shot at at getting in on that you know i mean show up and and obviously you've done well to get there so you have a skill set but you're you know the odds are much more in your favor at having a crack at, at taking home 45 grand and i think that that first event selling out has now started the domino effect people realize that this is something that is you know, not a forever deal. It's not something you can wait two or three months on. You have, this is your chance. You're buying your lottery ticket. You got to do it right now.
0: And it may create habits to where people sign up, even for the non-cap events a little bit earlier and, you know, get in line. So
1: I think you will. And I think Darnell will cap out because it is late in the year and people will be rolling the dice, you know, just that being their shot to get into TOC. I think that's going to cause Darnell to cap as well. Yeah. And a lot of people really have liked Darnell.
0: I know, you know, Ryan loves coming to Arkansas, but a lot of other people have enjoyed.
1: I don't. I can't Darnell. remember the name of that bar, but uh, I, I love that part of it. Uh, you can okay. have the rest of Arkansas. I would love. Can we do Jeff? I want to talk to you about this. I'll do it now. Can we start a KBN Big Bass? Side pot for Hobie events because I don't want to walk away with another $400 check and catch big bass again.
0: We've, we've seen that concurrent events are easy to set up, so we can easily put a KBN big bass on Turney X or something. and Let's do it. We'll put it
1: together it. this week.
0: Yeah, we're taking bids. You want to put it on Turney X or Fish Donkey or Fishing Chaos? What are we doing?
1: <laughs> I, catch. I put catch it on go, I catch go back yeah. I invisible catch. measuring. You don't have to use your yeah. hog trough.
0: Yeah, we'll just do the <laughs> digital measure. Oh my god. Yeah, we could definitely do that. That could be fun. Um, I don't know who would judge it, but it could be fun.
1: Uh, I don't know. Aaron Mathis. He doesn't Aaron Mathis. I nominate Aaron yeah. Mathis. She's the judge for all KBN side pot big bass yeah. You
0: get a cut of the cut of the pot, Aaron. You get fifty cents per entry to judge all the fish.
1: Okay. All right then.
0: Something like something like that. I don't know. Uh we don't want to keep Garrett too much longer. We've been going a long time. It's been an awesome, awesome interview. Uh, I'm just stoked, man. It was cool to see you win. It's cool to see old town teammates stacking blue trophies. We got Jim Davis with a couple of them, Pendergraft with one. Now we got Garrett with one. Uh, Kind of owning the best side of things. We can get over on that that Hobie podium, don't we?
1: I yeah. think it, it it's because Old Town sponsors Bass, right? That's why he let y'all win this stuff. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I think it is. Don't, don't I, lie old
0: Town me. guy popped off and won that first Hobie a couple of years ago, but then he switched to Hobie. Old Harshman won on Seminole in yeah, his Old Town yeah, and then switched.
1: Yeah. He learned real quick. He got a little money in his pocket. And said, "I'm done with this Old Town." <laughs> no, since he switched, no. he
0: ain't won shit. So sorry, Jake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The truth hurts. Nah, nah,
2: I mean, yeah. I'll tell you as we kind of wrap things up, and you know, I, I, I was confident going down there um, in this event. But I'll tell you, I, I've I've taken my losses. Uh, I've I've had some disappointing finishes. I've had some where I went down there and got beat up pretty good, or you know, didn't fill out a limit for two days and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm definitely not letting it get to my head <laughs> i know you know i could go down to Toledo and only post you know a fish on one day or, or something like that but um i'm definitely going to enjoy the moment and be thankful for it um so very appreciative um to the folks that have, have supported me along the way you know h4 outdoors down here in conway um since i started kayak fishing they've kind of helped me out um you know kind of steering me in the right direction uh, with kayaks and Um, keeping stuff in stock for me and appreciate those folks for sure. And family and friends that had my back and NSKA, uh, you know, the central trail and we talk about the local trail thing. Um, you know, I've had people chase me, um, on those local trails, um, the last two years that when I got in the lead on day one, you know, you talk about handling the pressure fishing from the front's different. Um, you don't know that until you're there. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to chase somebody, but when you're in the front, and you know, everybody's chasing you, you know, you just got to hold on to it or go replicate. That's a different kind of pressure, but I will say fishing a local trail and, and having fish from the front, um, prepared me to be able to handle that on Sunday. Um, you know, so I tell you, if you're wanting to get into it, um, start with a local trail and kind of cut your teeth and, um, get out there and, you know, meet some folks and, um, gets get you some healthy rivalry so you seen eric pop in the in the the, uh comments there you know we already had some banner back and forth so whoever loses the conway event between us is buying beer so we'll see
1: well i love it uh my 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 local rival jordan marshall is is headed to toledo coming off a fresh skunk so i'm looking forward (laughs) to rubbing his nose in it uh this next weekend
0: yeah. He was out acting a fool today, Ryan.
1: He is acting a damn fool today. <laughs> I am i can't wait. I can't wait to get down there and see those guys. Yeah,
0: awesome stuff. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to Toledo as well. Hopefully, we run into each other down there, Garrett. I don't know where you're yep. staying, but I um, definitely need to hang out, man. Congratulations once again. Everybody's Appreciate so excited that. to see win, man. That, that, that was awesome. Way to rep Arkansas. Man, it was a town.
2: long time coming, but it was it was worth the wait for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. And, and everybody, thanks for watching. Hats yeah, Thanks for fellas. watching and – Everybody on the audio podcast, as always, thanks for watching or listening over there. Give us a review on on iTunes. Sorry, Ryan. Go ahead.
1: DT free. Dugoutfishing.com. DT free. Buy four, get one free. Scoop them.
0: Boom. There we go. All right. We'll see you all next week. We going. See you Toledo. 'all.
1: All right. See you later.